All right, music fans, can you feel the magic of Ariana plus Miley plus Lana? Or how about the hella mega awesomeness of Green Day plus Fallout Boy plus Weezer? Well, get ready because today we are celebrating power trios and we're talking to some artists who just dropped three of the most anticipated fall albums Charlie XCX, The Lumineers, and Corn. All that and more coming your way right now because today is New Music Friday and Billboard is here to break down the week's biggest releases. Yeah, we are. I'm Chelsea Briggs. And I'm Fernando Ventura. Welcome to Billboard's first stream live. Hey! Let's do it, Fernando. All right, Fernando, we have to start with the collab we've all been waiting for. I'm talking yes. girl power all the way. <laughs> Ariana Grande, Miley Cyrus, and Lana Del Rey. It's like a collaboration that makes so much sense, but also kind of doesn't. Like, we didn't see it coming. It's called Don't Call Me Angel, which will be featured on the upcoming Charlie's Angels soundtrack, also, Charlie's Angels, directed by a badass female, Elizabeth Banks. So I just really, I'm so, you can hear it in my voice. I'm just, I love when females come together to make awesome stuff happen. The one I always think about, too, is Bang Bang from Jessie J with yeah. Ariana Grande. I mean, anything Ariana Grande does, uh, along with Nicki Minaj on that one. It's huge. <laughs> And after watching the video, I mean, the song is so strong, but I will tell you what's also strong, Chelsea. I've been stumped for what my Halloween costume would be this year, but not anymore. <laughs> oh, no, you're not I'm going checking there. Amazon right now for gigantic wings that I could wear. <laughs> I don't like that, boy. I make my money and I write the check, so say my name with a little respect. All right, so let's bring in Billboard's Jason Lipschitz right now to talk about the new track, so we've got some serious star power. This probably will be a number one song with those kind of names on one song. Yeah, you think about the star power of not only Ariana Grande, who has had an enormous year, but Miley Cyrus, who has an arsenal of hit singles, and Lana Del Rey, who's one of the most in-demand pop stars on the planet. The fact that they all teamed up, they have such distinct styles, but they blend seamlessly together for this new anthem. And it's such a massive song. Obviously, you know, Destiny's Child, they were the ones who sang the last Charlie's Angels song. It obviously went on to be a massive hit, Independent Women. How do you feel like this song will size up to that one? That became a defining song in the legacy of Destiny's Child. Lana, Miley, Ariana hope that their new single is as big as that. It's it's a high bar to hit, but it, it really sounds like they all brought their A-game on this new track. And Ariana Grande actually executive produced. Talk about the importance of that. Well, the fact that she executive produced the entire soundtrack is really crucial in the sense that Ariana Grande is busy enough as it is. She has an arena headlining tour. She put out two albums in the past 18 months, multiple number one hit singles. She does not need to necessarily executive produce a soundtrack right now, but she was so passionate about it that she took it on. And even without her involvement in this particular single, I can't wait to hear the rest of the soundtrack. If she executive produce it, like sign me up. Thank you, Jason, and you better stick around because we're going to talk to you about Halsey a little bit later on. But right now, with these powerful women coming together in support of a film by a female director, it is appropriate, I think, to revisit an interview that Jason did with Ariana in December when she was named Billboard's Woman of the Year. And Jason spoke to her backstage, and she shared this advice for other young women, especially those coming up in the industry. Listen to yourself. Like, there's a little voice in there, like, and in here that always tells you certain things. And um, in this industry, people will come in and try to 
skew you one way or another or style you a certain way or make you try a sound that you know maybe isn't what exactly you want to do or pick a single that maybe you don't love and um, I think there there's a little bit of playing the game that happens for a little while but I think that you should always say it and listen to that voice instead now when you talk about massive artists getting together it doesn't get much bigger than the hella mega tour this week Green oh my Day. gosh Fallout Boy and Weezer, they just announced a joint arena tour that's set for next year. Each band dropping a new track to celebrate. And the guys are actually on the cover of this week's Billboard magazine, so we have a lot to talk about with the man who wrote the story and recently hung out with them, Chris Payne. Chris, thanks for joining us. Yo, what's up? Thanks for having me. So we have to know, how did this whole tour come together? Yeah, so it really started with Green Day. Those guys have, for a long time, just had a ton of ambition. So they started to work on new music, you know, or planning out a new album cycle. Their management at Crush Music, who actually manages all three of these artists, they were like, yo, so what do you guys want to do? And Mike Durant, the bassist, actually, he's the one specifically who just was like, stadiums, we want to do stadiums. All right, what does it take to do a full U.S. stadium tour? And fortunately, right there in their backyard, really, because Crush has a bunch of big rock bands who can play stadiums and have in the past. So shortly after they had Green Day, they hit up Fall Out Boy and Weezer at the same time. They were down, and really that's how the tour came together. Let's go through each band here and talk about the new music that they each put out. We can start with Green Day. Tell us about the father of all beep uh, track and what we know so far about the album if we know anything at all what do you know chris well i actually i know when when they first told me the name of the song that word you beeped out was originally part of the title and then then a few weeks later i saw it was changed <laughs> but yeah this one's it's it's definitely a change of pace from the last album revolution radio that green day did which was more like a return to form boilerplate what green day's known for this one, it has a White Stripes feel to it. When I first heard the song, the first 30 seconds of it or so, I didn't even know if that was Billy Joe singing because in the first few lines, he's singing up in a falsetto that I've actually never heard him singing before. Let's move on to Fall Out Boy, who teamed up with Wyclef Jean for Dear Future Self, Hands Up, which is a song off a Greatest Hits album. Give us your impression of the track, and do we know if this is the only new song on the album? Yeah, this is, uh, as far as I know, the only new song on the album. This one's sort of a rap-rock hybrid with Wyclef and also some guitars, and especially their drummer, Andy Hurley, really did a bang-up job on this song. A lot of their rap-rock singles in the past have done really well on radio, so for pop stations, I think you might be hearing a good amount of this one. And then finally, let's get to Weezer. They're exploring their uh, metal roots with the album Van Weezer. Uh, and the first song we're hearing from that is the end of the game. I, I, Chris, I'm sure you picked up the reference when you saw the title of the album <laughs> instantly. They're just out there with their love for Van Halen or, you know, at least this era of rock music. It's, it, it's funny, but it also basically tells you right up front what you're going to get. Yeah, and he was saying in our interview, I definitely wrote these 80s hair metal guitar-inspired songs with stadium shows in mind. So he, he knew what he was getting into. And actually, you know, Rivers was a metalhead in his in his teenage years before Weezer really became Weezer. He was you know, a guy with long hair just wiling out in his garage with these riffs, and they kind of dialed that back, the whole group, when they became Weezer and made their first album. So cool to see it coming out again. I guess we've reached the end of the game. 
Awesome, Chris. Well, thank you so much for your expertise. Really appreciate it. Yo, yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. So last week, we talked about all the huge collaborations on Post Malone's Hollywood's Bleeding. And this week, we have another album with seemingly endless mega power features. Of course, so we are talking. Yes, of course, we are talking about my girl, Charlie XCX, this week's Spin Magazine cover girl, who finally dropped Charlie. That's the name of her album. But leading up to this moment, I mean, we already have heard her tracks with Troy Savant, Lizzo, Christine and the Queens. We've heard the song with Sky Ferreira, and most recently, Haim on the track Warm. Let's take a listen to that one. And you gotta tell me the reason, but we can't fall in love. Billboard recently named its most anticipated albums of the fall. Three releases from this week made the list, and of course it is no surprise at all that Charlie was one of those picks. Charlie is about to kick off a world tour. It's titled Charlie Live on September 20th in Atlanta, and we have a sneaking suspicion that it'll be bold and memorable. Of course, her performances always are. This is an artist who does not lack confidence at all. Now, if there are any rules, she's going to break them. And you know, we mentioned that Charlie is on the cover of Spin this week. During the interview, she talked to Spin about being an artist in the pop scene today and how there really are no rules, or at least she can be the one making them. Take a listen. There's like less rules than ever before, and if there are rules, they're created by us, the artists, or the fans. Mm. Um, so I feel like we have the power more than ever before, and I think that's a really like rich environment to be creating in. So it's a head, but it's also fun. So it's been two years since the release of Halsey's sophomore album, Hopeless Fountain Kingdom, even though it seems like just yesterday she released it. But since then, she's just continued to be a force on the charts. I mean, come on. Earlier this year, she landed her first Hot 100 number one as a lead artist for Without Me. She dropped the smash girl power anthem Nightmare in May. She also made an appearance just recently on Post Malone's new album, which dropped last week. We talked about it. And now this week, she has taken us to the graveyard with her latest single. All right, but Chelsea, we have breaking news. Here we go. Yes, we do. On Friday, Halsey announced that her third album, Manic, will drop in January. The new song, Graveyard, and Without Me, they will both be on it. So we're looking at another big year coming up for Halsey. 2020 will be huge. Of course, we're in the midst of a pretty massive 2019 already for her. So let's bring back Jason to talk about Halsey. Yeah, what's so great about Halsey is that she certainly has this lane where she's a top 40 radio mainstay. Number one hit this year with Without Me, huge hit with uh, Benny Blanco and Khalid with Eastside. I mean, she is just a dominant presence in pop right now, but she's pushing herself. Her last single, Nightmare, was one of the most aggressive pop singles of the year. I loved it. It, it wasn't necessarily as big of a hit for her, but it really pushed her and, and added new dimension to her sound. I'm tired and angry, but somebody should be. I love what she's doing with this one as well, and you just see this refusal to settle for the norm with Halsey. And I think that's really one of the reasons why she's gathered such a huge fan base over the past three or so years. Let that sink in. All right, thanks so much for joining us, Jason. Now, as we continue to groove along to Halsey's new track, you know who else is probably going to be, you know, grooving along to it? Halsey, actually, because I recently interviewed her, and she told me that, of course, when she hears her song on the radio, you better believe she turns it up and rocks out because... Why wouldn't you? 
Sing along to your own song is kind of weird, but also kind of fun. Do you do that? Do you listen to your song in your car, like when you're rocking out? I don't put it on, but if it comes on the radio, I'm definitely known to be like, Turn it yeah, have a little moment. You'd be like, this is so crazy. All right, next up we have this week's second album that made the most anticipated list, and it comes from the Lumineers. So in June, their single Gloria, Gloria, reached number one on the Rock Airplay <laughs> and Alternative Songs charts. Uh, it's the Lumineers' second song to triple up as number one on the Rock Airplay, Adult Alternative Songs, and Alternative Songs charts, and the first to dominate all three lists at the same time, which is crazy impressive. Gloria, no one said enough is enough. Gloria was the lead single for their third album, appropriately called Three, and the crazy thing, Fernando, is they also dropped a short film with this album that just premiered at the Toronto Film Festival. You know what's kind of neat? Like last week we talked about Melanie Martinez and how she directed, wrote a film to go along with her new album. Now the Lumineers are doing this. is really a cool trend. I mean, that seems to be happening uh, with artists to have, you know, something really kind of full and visual to go along with the music as well. Good on the Lumineers. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, I actually uh, caught up with the Lumineers vocalist Wes Schultz earlier today, and he told me about what inspired this film and the album. And then we also got talking about Harry Potter. Really? And, <laughs> and clearly, since we were talking about Harry Potter, I had to ask him what house he belongs to. Take a listen. It's such a cool concept you guys came up with. I want to know, how did it, how did the overall concept first come about? Because obviously, like I said, it's a huge undertaking with the videos that turned into a film. Like, kind of talk about that a little bit. It was pretty simple. We finished an album. Um, I, I found this old journal that had some scribbles in it about making three EPs that formed an LP, like three small groups of songs that stood on their own, but then formed this larger album. And that was from 10 or 12 years ago. Uh, this idea, we had never really pursued it. And it's, I took a look at the album and the tracks, and I saw these characters kind of emerge. And from there, it was like off to the races. We just sort of got creative with what we already had, and we made a story out of it, and videos. So it was kind of a non-stop things I saw an interview where you talked about being inspired a little bit by Harry Potter. I read those. I finally finished them recently and I was really impressed with her ability to evolve. She could have been written off as this children's writer, but she really pushed it and it became darker and more yeah. um, mature as, as the books progressed. And it was almost like her audience was meant to read it and grow old as they read it. Oh, yeah. Um, and it reminded me of the Beatles or something, where they, they start uh -huh. out in one place and they end up in a completely different place. And for us, this is, a, especially the back half of the record, is a lot darker. And um, I think it's been really nice to, to change and, and have it feel like still ourselves, which is a hard thing to do watching other writers try to do it, and some of them can pull it off. What Harry Potter house would you say you're in? I took the test, and I didn't get everyone to Gryffindor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm a Gryffindor, but uh, I don't know. I, I would like to believe I'm a Gryffindor, but I think most people do. All the videos come together to form this 44-minute film that just premiered at the Toronto Film Festival. How was that experience for you having a film there? You guys also performed. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, we set out to make something that appeared to be a film, but then to be in a film festival and it kind of felt like it validated what we were trying to do. It's a, it's a hard thing to try to make some a music video that stands on its own but also works oh my God. As, a, as a whole, you know, as a bigger, yeah. something bigger. So it felt like we could tell our story of this album visually and this is a way that most people now take in music is with their eyes. It's, um, yeah. you know, 
I watched Beyonce's music videos. I watched Florence the Machine videos, and I started to realize that man, these that's a higher level of art form when you can make the music yeah. and the visuals work together. And the third album from Billboard's most anticipated list hitting this week is from Korn, The Nothing. Korn is still going strong. Check this out. They were one of the pioneering hard rock bands 25 years ago, Chelsea. That's, that's pretty wild. amazing to stick around as a band together for so long. And this is their 13th full-length album. Sadly, though, it comes in the wake of frontman Jonathan Davis's wife passing away uh, last year. So, so incredibly sad. Jonathan said he actually locked himself in his studio and spent a lot of time reflecting and healing. And the result is this album. As he described it himself, this is, it's very dark. And the first music we heard from it came from the lead single, You'll Never Find Me. Now that song was followed up by Cold, then Can You Hear Me? Take a listen to that one. Uh, And Chelsea, I caught up with guitarist Brian Welch, a.k.a. Head, while the group shot a new music video to talk about the album and, of course, their incredible longevity, 25 years together as a band. The cool thing is, when I came back to the band in 2013, um, the album we did was kind of like, hey, uh, we haven't seen you in a decade. Uh, Let's get to know each other and what do we want to do? The album was like kind of experimental still because Korn was doing the dubstep thing before that, experimenting. So the the, set, the record after that, my second record back with them was Serenity of Suffering. And that was with uh, Nick Raskolinix. And we had a meeting and we were just like, what is the corn sound now? And what we all thought was just the intensity that we had in the beginning, you know? And so we got Nick Raskolinix for that record. And, and we loved that record. It came out really good. So we worked again with Nick. And I think the nothing was just a continuation of like, uh, you know, what do we start out with corn to be you know what was not that like we're trying to recreate you know something 25 years ago but just like what sound did corn create and let's let's try to like just feel that you know can we sort of like pinpoint like where you guys are as far as that evolution where where, where do you think the band is it just feels right it feels authentic it feels real and raw and emotional and uh as everybody knows jonathan went through a huge loss last year and um just his the emotions that are on this record is they're authentic there there's no faking it or kind of conjure trying to conjure up something you know it's just it's just real there were a lot of bands that kind of came out at the same time as you guys and you, you guys were all part of this sort of reinvention of hard rock is there any like reason that stands out to you as to why you guys have lasted as long and some others haven't a lot has to do with our live show you know we just put everything we we, we have into our live show you know there's always dreads flying around and body flying around and the crowd's going nuts <laughs> and so jonathan i think had something special that people could relate to where it's he processed his emotions in song in a in a very unique way. It's really therapy to him. He's not into the big rock star thing. He stays in his dressing room all day long. He goes to catering and eat. He stays in his bus after the show. He goes to a hotel room, stays there, and he's always playing video games with his kids. Music and performing is his therapy, and creating the lyrics for new albums is his way of dealing with life's challenges, which I feel like he has a lot more than most people. So uh, I think that's given us uh, our longevity. 
All right, Chelsea, next up, a Boogie with the Hoodie dropped a new song called Mood Swings this week. So let's bring in a man who talked to Boogie recently about the new music and a whole lot more, Billboard's Carl Lamar. Welcome, Carl. Hey, hey, what's going on? What's going on? We're <laughs> glad that you're here. Thank so you for be- me. before we get to the new song, you're welcome. A Boogie with the Hoodie told you at the end of 2018 that he was almost suffering a midlife crisis. And of course, he's just turning 23 years old and he was feeling overloaded at 20- <laughs> 23 wow. years old, <laughs> but then he kicks off this year with a Billboard 200 number one mm-hmm. and follows it up with a huge summer featuring high profile rap and pop guest spots as well. I mean, it, it I don't know. That doesn't sound like a crisis to me. I think with with Boogie at the time when he when he felt a bit overloaded, I think he was just finishing the album uh, Hoodie Season, which ended up bowing out number two opening week to 21 Savage. But like you said, within his third week on the 200, he managed to go number one. 2019 has been a real monumental year for him and uh he's been doing a lot of guest features on both the rap and pop side on the pop side he was able to team up with meek for ed sharon's a thousand nights record he was also able to team up with khalid for the right back remix on the rap side he was able to team up with dj mustard nav for baguettes in the face and also he did some features for rick ross and gucci man so he's really been working and i think doing way more than he did in 2018 but it's it's all been working in his favor fortunately for him let's go ahead and talk about mood swings tell us your take on the song and a music video is actually coming out in a few weeks this will be the first one he directed right yeah yeah so this is the first video that a boogie has directed he teamed up with a uh, music video director f rivera who's done a lot of stuff for 50 50 cent back in the day um, mood swings is a real electric rock feel hype kind of record he has a uh, wheezy who produced a beat we- wheezy ended up doing me and Drake's Going Bad record. Uh, we know what that record was able to do. Go top 20 on the Hot 100. He also did Lil Baby and Drake's Yes Indeed, which was a top 10 record. For Mood Swings, it's an edgier side that we're going to see from Boogie. It's going to be also the first single from his third album, Artist 2.0. So it's definitely a good wake-up call for all the, the A Boogie fans that have been impatiently <laughs> waiting for him to come back out. That's awesome. Well, last question. He's told you it's important for him to establish a broad legacy for music how does he want to do that and is he on his way i think he's definitely on his way i mean anytime you notch a a billboard 200 on the album front that's a big feat um i know he also said that he is hoping him and cardi b another bronx representative and native can hopefully lock down a collaboration that would be Mm. a big time record for yeah for the bx and, and and music overall like you guys said he's only 23 years old so that's the scariest uh part of his of his game right now the fact that he's so young and he's conquering so many different levels in music so i think he's well on his way to not only putting the bx on the map but just helping new york get back to where it needs to on the on the rap front let's go ahead and take a listen to what the man himself had to say about it when he dropped by billboard being from new york is like real important to me just being like representing new york period like the way i dress the way i make music i can't do too like i can't be too extra with it like that's not that's not New York for me you gotta keep it New York to where it's not like damn you changing us too much I feel like we catching back up to where we um left off um it's been a minute since New York was live so right now is a great moment for us to take advantage of this opportunity um Cardi got the she she broke a record 19 years shout out to Miss Hill on that too and, and Cardi B and people gotta really realize these things are coming from New York right now and that's where we really got to put a stamp on man so shout out to the next few years of us about to put this work in man 
We are out of stuff to talk about. That's it for this week's show. Don't forget to join us every Friday on Billboard.com for your insider's guide to all the best music. Until next week, I'm Fernando Ventura. And that makes me Chelsea Briggs. <laughs> and we will see you then on First Stream Live. We out. Go. Go.